This is The Odds Couple, presented by PropSwap.com, where America buys and sells sports bets. The Odds Couple, with Chicago radio legend Mike North and midday host Carmen DeFalco on ESPN 1000. Welcome to your weekend, everybody. Week three in the NFL, week four in the college slate. Big games to talk about, and we're going to try to cover as many as we possibly can. We'll give you best plays. We'll talk to Luke Pergandy. We'll get ponies from Jim Miller. So much to do on another smoking hot edition of the Odds Couple presented by PropSwap with Mike North. I'm Carmen DeFalco. We're with you each and every week on the ESPN Chicago app and ESPN 1000. A little bit of a mixed bag in our best plays last week, but uh, I feel good about some of the picks this week. Mike, Mike does a great job and keeps meticulous detail and records. There's always Accountability Tuesday on Mike's Twitter handle, so make sure you check it out. But uh, just kind of a so-so weekend last week, Mike. Yeah, I have a winning week, but you know what? It's all about it. How, how you doing, everybody? Sorry about being on the phone line, but uh, I just heard that Xfinity was in the area. I thought it was like an entertainer or something, a, a singer. What, what, what do you mean? Coming they to the main no, stage? They got the computer shut down and everything else, so I got to uh, uh, do it by phone, but hope everybody had a good one. Yeah, Carm, I mean, uh, last week on the show, and I don't mind saying this, I'm 3-5 I'm and five now. I was 0-3 on the show. Uh, you were one and one. Minnesota let, let us down, no doubt about it. Mm. Randy got robbed on the game. He was one and one. He so did. you guys at least held up your end. But you know, I, I always, if I'm, an, I'd rather lose than you guys. It's always hard for me to, to put into Twitter that you know Carmen had a bad day. I mean, Randy almost jumped down my throat two weeks ago when you weren't here. I mean, I, I said, <laughs> hey, Randy, how'd you do? One and one. And he came on the year and he said you had to bring that up. You know, no, I, I don't know how to do it. I'm, I'm a little off balance. So. <laughs> We did okay, but then I go two and zero on my barroom show. There you I go. Four and one in the uh, uh, in the media pool, and then two and three out in Vegas. So I go eight and seven total. But the most important thing, I had a losing day here on the odds couple. We're going to uh, try to identify some best plays for everybody a little bit later on. We got a lot of mm-hmm. games to talk about in week three. The Bears are at home against the Texans. In the look-ahead lines over the summer when uh, Vegas released all the lines for all the teams, all 17 games, 18 weeks, the Bears were only a favorite uh, over the summer in two games. This one on Sunday and then the home game against the Lions. We'll see if that changes as the season goes on. But the Bears are a modest two-and-a-half-point favorite against Lovey's Texans this weekend. A very low total, one of the lowest of the weekend. It's not a surprise when you look at these two offenses, Mike, only 40 and a half. Uh, For the first time, the Bears should play in really picture-perfect weather on Sunday, but a very, very low total with two offenses that come in uh, that have been largely punchless so far this year through two weeks. Well, you know what? First of all, I want to say that uh, you're very kind not to bring up last night's game to start the show off like we normally do, but... uh, (laughs) Uh, you know, I, I would say this. I thought Bear fans were understanding of what Mitch Trubisky, uh, uh, how he played last night. I thought he was going to take a bigger type of hit uh, on, on on social media than he has. They saw the game. It wasn't they terrible. He wasn't the major problem. Yeah. But he was a problem. I mean, you know, he didn't. He didn't. Um, 
do well in the second half, especially right. three and outs, you know? Right. Yep. Uh, but, hey, hey, can I jump in? He threw a dime to Johnson, who just went right through his That's hand. true. I mean, that, that, was six, right. that was 16-14, was it? Or I, I don't remember what the score was, but he threw right. it. was 16-14. No, I think you're right, Merck. Yeah, and that's true. And then another guy, Merck, you know, uh, when Mitch missed him, he jumped up and down. Later on, he drops a pass, uh, you know, in his hands. It's time for everybody to take accountability, like Tomlin said. But I will tell everybody this. If Justin Fields has a game, Close to what Mitch had last night in bad weather. Uh, Mitch was on the road. Uh, he didn't have a lot of help from the defense who gave up 400 yards. Nobody's talking about that today, number one. No turnovers for Mitch, but they either did Pittsburgh. And, I mean, they ran for 175 yards. But here's the key. 39 minutes they had the ball. Pittsburgh had the ball 23 minutes, and Mitch put up 17 points. So you got to keep the – their last – Pittsburgh is last in third down holds. Nine a game they give up. Wow. You're never going to win football games like that. So I think Justin Fields could keep it close if the defense plays well. If Justin Fields doesn't have time of possession, if the defense doesn't get some turnovers, then there's going to be a problem because I'm puzzled by the line. I think it should be more of a pick, Tom. Oh, do you really? Wow. I mean, what does that say about where the Bears are right now, too, you know? Well, they have the worst offense in football right now. Yeah. And, and another reason Bear fans were easy on Mitch last night is because the Bears averaged 4.9 yards a pass the first two games. Hmm. I mean, we're last in, in offense. So now, what's going to give? Uh, Both of got these. that bend, don't break. Right. Yes, uh, absolutely. And can, can Justin keep out of the claws? Uh, of, of, of of Houston. I think he there's, can. The, the, I, I do like the line, but I don't think I'm going to play it. There's not a uh, like a ferocious pass rush that you really have to worry about with the Texans coming in. Mm-hmm. You, you nailed it with Lovey's defense. It's never really going to change much. It mm-hmm. is cover two. It's two deep safeties. It's that shell. It's go ahead and try to you know, matriculate the ball down the field over the course of 15 plays. We dare you to try that. You're going to make a mistake at some point. It is the the ultimate bend don't break. They've given up yards. Houston's given up yards. Matt Ryan threw for over 300 yards in the opener. That was the tie. Uh, last week, Cortland Sutton had over 120 yards receiving uh, even after Jerry Judy went out. They've given up yards. Let's see if this team can finally make some plays in the passing game. And you're right, neither offense has been good. It's why the total is so low. The Bears are 29th in yards per play at just 4.5. Texans are dead last at 4.2. Mike talked about the passing offense. That's the worst in the league for the Bears. They have the fewest first downs in the NFL. They have by far the fewest passing first downs, just six of them. The next closest team has 13 more than double. So a taffy pull, it could be what we're looking at Here's on Sunday. Here's what I wanted to say. I want Justin, if he has the same game Mitch had last night, I think they could win with the yeah. one touchdown. He passed even with the opposing quarterback, Brissett. Brissett had two passing touchdowns, but Mitch got in the end zone once. It's up to the defense because Mitch or Brissett didn't turn the ball over last night. Who's going to turn the ball over? Justin's got to hang on to the ball. He had another fumble last week, uh, but he's mostly been playing clean. Um, and and Lovey Smith defenses I was never a big fan of, yet he had the athletes. Does he have the athletes mm. here? I don't think so. And you know what? I'm surprised. A lot of people were praising the Houston quarterback before the season. It hasn't worked out. By the way, the craziest thing about last night, 
It, the, now, the, because Mike mentioned the weather was very windy, you know, uh, the, an hour, it, it, it you was know. very windy. The total, the total at kick, I think, had gone all the way down to thirty-eight. But, but mm-hmm. if you had it early in the week, yep. where there were forty and a halfs out there, the game was twenty-three seventeen, and then you know Pittsburgh's got no choice but to try a little hook and ladder and ladder, ladder, uh, lateral it back. Yeah, Ball's oh on the ground God. in the end zone. Cleveland falls on it six points. It's like, oh, my God. It's if you worst. had an under ticket from earlier in the week at under 40 and a half, it's like, are you kidding Tom, me? Did, did you hear what happened with um, uh, Claypool? A uh, bunch with, of people had him at the over, I think, like 43 and a half receiving yards. Yeah. And he had, I think, at the time, like 44 or something like that. And, and then they, he, they counted him at the minus six on that. Oh, my God. So oh, yeah. you, so you will. <laughs> So fantasy and anybody that had a prop Cap, ticket Cap had a like a five game five things same game parlay with that was oh the final piece. God. It yeah. just that's yeah. oh my god, it's crazy. Most, isn't of it? Mitch, well, most of Pittsburgh's props went over last night, so they they performed better on wow. but so did Cleveland's on on and that guy Chubb. I I always oh. remember who was the other guy Beast. Todd Gurley. They said he's one of a kind, and then they they replaced him at Georgia with yeah. this guy. You're right, and, and and this guy's unbelievable. He's incredible. He is so many big games to talk about in week two including Bills, Dolphins, uh, Brady versus Rodgers in Bucks and Packers. Lots of great stuff we're going to get after. Uh, we'll talk about all those games and more. We're also going to catch up with our buddy Luke Pergandy coming up next. We're getting into it here with uh, NFL season hitting week three. We're getting close to the start of the Major League Baseball playoffs with October around the corner, so we'll talk about the tickets that are uh, hot right now at PropSwap. Don't go anywhere, folks. We are coming right back. we got a lot of great gambling talk and a lot of great gambling content for you as we do each and every week. We are The Odds Couple, presented by PropSwap. This is The Odds Couple with Carmen DeValgo and Mike North on ESPN 1000. This is The Odds Couple with Mike North and Carmen DeFalco. On ESPN 1000, we're streaming on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. We're with you every week. It's Mike North, Carmen DeFalco. We're the Odds Couple, presented by PropSwap. Gave you a little breakdown of Bears-Texans, a lot of other games in week three, plus some big college games that we want to talk about. Right now, we got to talk about the hot tickets at PropSwap, PropSwap.com, the PropSwap app. It is free. It is where America buys and sells its sports wagers. It's where you can make money. If you get in on the action and strike while the iron is hot, one of the founding members is a Chicago guy and one of our favorites, and he joins us every week here on the Odds Couple. Luke Pergandy, everybody. Oh, come on, Nolan. What's up, guys? How are we doing? <laughs> What's up, Luke? I tell you, uh, we were just talking off air. There's something happening in Cleveland. I'm still not crazy uh, about the Browns, and their hands team has uh, work to do, but you could make a very compelling argument that they obviously should be 3-0. and Then you've got this scrappy Guardians team. As a diehard White Sox fan, I'm sick of them. I'm glad they're finally uh, out of town. I don't want to see them anymore. The White Sox have been so disappointing, but there's just something about the way they play. They are balls to the wall constantly. They're still 40-1, to you guys. 40-1 to to win the World Series. And I know you were saying there are some really intriguing division props that were available on the Cleveland uh, Cleveland Guardians. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we were selling Guardians to win the division late July at 7-1 to one odds. People were just like, mm-hmm. yeah, obviously with props up, you buy a bet, and then if you want to get out of it later, you may offer a really steep discount to the buyer to just get out of it. And that's exactly what was happening 
with the Guardians. We were selling them at 7-1 to one odds to win the AL Central, and this thing is a lock. They're going to win this division, and you're getting paid out on prop swap. Oh, that's what's great about prop swap. you got somewhere to go. And uh, speaking of somewhere to go, uh, the first thing I want to bring up is I, 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 I'm 2-1 in my total seasonal total bets so far, but Tampa Bay is a team that I have a chance to get the over on and have a winning 3-1 record. But I got to tell everybody, and maybe Luca, you could tell me about the Houston Astros. I watched uh, Tampa Bay all year on DirecTV. I even missed hardly a game. Carmen knows that. Mm-hmm. I saw Houston walk into Tampa Bay and treat them like a stepchild. <laughs> and uh, I think that's one thing I want to ask you. How are the Houston Astros tickets going? And there's a reaction on them. And then uh, I'll have a follow up for you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Astros are the second favorite, they're around 4 to 1. In most books, they've pretty much been very low single digits for the majority of the season. I think the highest, the longest odds that we've sold the Astros on props off is around 10 to 1 really early on. Mm, uh, but they've wow. just looked so dominant since, since the jump. I mean, it's it's been, you know, they, they're now ahead of the Yankees. I mean, the, it was basically Dodgers-Yankees for most of the season. And all of a sudden, the Yankees just had a horrendous August. So they're now third. So Dodgers 3 to 1. Astros four to one, Yankees are about uh, five to one, and that's right behind them. Yeah, because McClanahan the other night all of a sudden got a sore arm. I mean, he was dominated. He gave up four runs, you know, in the first four innings for for Tampa, and all of a sudden he was telling everybody he's all right. But you know what? He he wanted out. It seemed like to me. But want to ask you about New Orleans? We talked about him last week. Winston did what I expected him to do: put oh. the ball in the other people's hands. I uh, heard him. Same with Matt Ryan out there in Indianapolis. With Indianapolis, if you have him as a ticket, you're in no man's land. But in uh, with the over-under being for New Orleans eight and a half, are you think you're going to start seeing some people trying to get rid of the New Orleans tickets, or are they stuck with them and they're going to wait another couple games because it's still too early? Yeah, it's funny. That's, that's like one of the few teams whose odds really haven't moved. They're sticking right. at 40-1 to one to win the championship. It's honestly like there's – I can't – maybe the, the Broncos are kind of around flat. They're, they've stayed around 20-1. to one. But honestly, every other team in the NFL has moved up or down, except for New Orleans and Denver. Those those two teams have kind of stayed flat. So it seems like the books are kind of throwing their hands up and can't wait to figure out what to do with that team. What do you think the biggest overreaction is so far? Like a team like the Giants because it's New York and mm-hmm. they've been crap for five years and now they're 2-0 and and they're playing on Monday night and – you know, public team in, a, in in the biggest market, like uh, Philly maybe. Uh, Phillies look good. I've been high on Philly since the summer. I got a lot of tickets on Philly, mm-hmm. uh, division, playoffs, uh, over nine and a half wins. Um, I feel pretty good about it. But, like, where where's the, the biggest move happening right now, Luke? Yeah, Philly's moved a ton. Philly was 40-1 to 1 last March. Um, they are now – you can find them at 10-1 to 1 odds to win the championship. I – I understand the hype. I liked them last year. I was clearly a year early mm-hmm. on that. Their offensive line is literally in a class of its own. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it's, it's, it's the best line in the league, I, I think, and it's, it's really not even an argument. So when you have that strong of an offensive line, it just opens up the playbook to so many different options when you're manhandling the defensive line. So it's, I still like 10 to 1 seems a little low to me. There's 15 more games to go, so. Um, that seems a touch low. I do like the team. If I had a 40 to one ticket, you know, that's a great bet to sell on props off. And as we always say, lock in the cash, go rebet the Eagles at 10 to one. Say you sell a ticket for 500, you just um, take 200, 
go rebet the Eagles at 10 to 1. Now you've got another $2,000 ticket that would pay. So that yeah. seems to be the move with Philly. Um, and then uh, the Vikings are a big mover. Vikings were around 60 to 1. They're down to 20 to 1, kind of you know, sticking with that Philly team. Philly manhandled them on Monday night. So I don't even know what to do with the Vikings team. I, I still kind of like him, I would say. I, I see yeah. a buyer of the Vikings. I, I don't like 20 to 1. I think that's like a 30 to 1 team. Um, but I think Kevin O'Connell will do some some good things with that receiving court. Take Luke's advice. If you have one of those tickets, sell it now. You could always reinvest if you like the team. But uh, you got to look for the value where you can get it. And right now in a team like like we talked about, especially Philly, um, if you had one of those tickets from the preseason, there's a lot of value there. Luke, have a great weekend, buddy. We appreciate the time as always. We'll talk to you next Friday. Thank you, Carmen. Bye, Mike. Oh, we love you. Landline. Our guy, Luke Pergandy, at Luke Pergandy on Twitter and Instagram, and you can follow PropSwap as well. You know, the I think for the general public. It's a Mikel, guy, it's a Mikel Cairo express over with Carm. Yes, Are I, we think, done it with that I now? think it is. Yes, it was probably oh, a little God. bit uh, exaggerated <laughs> to begin My with, God. but yes, I think it is. Um, I mean, I started hearing Stangle. Uh, right, yeah, right. M- Miguel Cairo. <laughs> My God, Casey they, Cairo. They came in here and beat us like red and mules. Terrible. The, the whole team should be ashamed of themselves. Terrible. They laid their bats down. I don't care if I ever see certain players again. I won't mention any of them. Mankata yeah, is yeah. one of them. No That's doubt about it. Wait, I said I wasn't going to mention him. <laughs> How do you even take a field wearing different spikes? I said this. I called it early. He was disinterested. I'm homesick. Oh, you're making all this money, and you look like one of the biggest mistakes in Chicago White Sox history right That's now. Bad. Period. It's pretty bad. I wouldn't yeah. be shocked. Listen to Carm. That's what they said. You know what? The people in the rowboat were saying, boy, the Titanic, it looks pretty bad. It looks pretty you know? bad. It does. My God. I I'd mean, be, you know, the only, be, thing, the only guy that might be, the only guy that got away, who's gotten away with more money, who's got nothing but troubles, it's about time you had me on. There, oh, there you go. Go, Joe. <laughs> I, I, I got a good sweat going. Car, Mark, you forgot about me, $17 million. Time to walk and I'm recruiting by LA one year. Cocaine's. No, forget about You got away with a lot. That's true. You're right, Coach. Oh, my God. And I, oh, and I, you know what? Listen, I know about getting away with things. Everybody gets away with something once in a while. But 17 mil recruiting violations. I mean, right. my God. You got the new coach with a trying to uh, acquire a southern draw. It's unbelievable. Terrible. I know. Yep. Um, so the I think the in the NFL's mind, you know, they're they're really uh, hyping up and propping up the Tampa Green Bay matchup. I get it. I mean, what is it? Like seven MVP awards between the quarterbacks. It's never happened. Um, we'll, we'll handicap that game for you a little bit later. To me, the, the game of the weekend, and I wish it weren't up against the Bears because I'd like to kind of just put this one on and, and, and watch it. I mean, Bill's Dolphins. Doing that. I'm, uh, you might be right, Mike. I mean, Bill's <laughs> Dolphins is, I mean, that's the matchup, right? Uh, Bills have to travel now on the short week down uh-huh. to sunny, hot South Florida. Uh, the Dolphins are going to make them wear their dark uniforms. I think that is of course a nice stroke of genius and a good home field advantage but both teams 2-0 straight up against the spread look I I don't know how they won it last week Miami but they won it Um, and what these two teams are doing uh, offensively uh, if you deep dive into the metrics if you just watch them there is a ton of talent there is a ton of speed you have one truly elite quarterback in Josh Allen Tua maybe getting a little bit better but I think this this just screams great football game I hope it delivers on Sunday 
You know what? I love my uh, my my cousin Austin. He just got married, and we were invited. And uh, you know what? Uh, I, I finally wore a pair of pants with belt loops for the first time in four years. And uh, there was you know you know a real nice attire, black tie almost. You know, you had yeah. to wear a suit. Okay, so I didn't really like that part of it, being told what to wear. I don't tell the Buffalo Bills that, you know what I mean? I try to, yeah, wear whatever you want. Enjoy yourself, you know, we'll send you drinks if we can. (laughs) You don't need to give them any more of an edge. But that being said, I don't think that would come into play anyway. I think Buffalo can win in any jersey. That being said, I like Miami. I'd lean uh, with them with the points. I would. I Uh, mean, sooner or later, Buffalo's going to have a clunker. I don't think they're going to go undefeated or win, win 15 or 14 games. Right, yeah. I mean, it's too hard, I think, in this league. They do look great. They look fired up. They look great. Um, they look great. But uh, I tell you, this Dolphins team's got it going on right now, too. Sure. Buffalo's got a couple of really uh, bad injuries, too. They're getting Gabriel Davis back for their offense, but they could be down as many as three starters in their defensive backfield, Buffalo. Of course, they're still without Tredavious White, but Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, and Dane Jackson all mispracticed this week. Poyer is, I guess, trending towards playing, but still kind of a beat-up secondary, and that's not what you want when you go have to go uh, down and cover Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, and since 2016, no team in the NFL, no team in the league has been better against the spread at home than the Miami Dolphins. How about that? And they're 18-11-1 against the spread in this spot as an underdog. So I'm with Mike on that game. We'll take a look at Tampa and Green Bay and a few of the other big marquee matchups, both in college and pro this weekend coming up. We'll get some ponies from Jim Miller before we're out of here, and our best plays are still to come. Don't go anywhere. Mike North, Carmen DeFalco, we're the odds couple presented by PropSwap. This is The Odds Couple on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. This is The Odds Couple with Chicago radio legend Mike North and midday host Carmen DeFalco. The Odds Couple on ESPN 1000. Each and every week you can get the podcast on Friday, usually up by noon. Randy does a good job of getting it up. Get yeah. your, uh, getting you all Great set job. for the weekend as we try to handicap as many games as possible for you. It's Mike North and Carmen DeFalco. We're the odds couple. Follow Mike on Twitter. He's at North to North. I'm at Carmen DeFalco. You'll get the encore replay if you're in your car on Saturday from 8 until 9 on ESPN 1000. All right, yeah, so we, we mentioned. Be on, uh, I thought the White Sox might win the World Series, but that's out the window. That's uh, so long probably gone. will be on Friday night sooner than rather than later. That ship has sailed, my friend. Yeah. So Packers Bucks, uh, that's yep. uh, the big uh, late kick, three twenty-five, Chicago time in Tampa. Buccaneers are about a point and a half favorite. This thing might even get down to a pick'em. Who knows? All the injuries for the Bucks. We got to continue to follow that. As Mike and I record the podcast for everybody, we. Uh, remind you that we're doing this Friday morning. We don't have injury reports up to date for Friday, but it's still uh, a, a walk and wounded list, especially here on offense for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So many injuries. And remember, Mike Evans won't play because he has to serve his one-game suspension. They have a key defensive injury, too, Noah Keem Hicks for the Bucs. So uh, when you thought about what Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon did to the Bears last week, will they be able to do that again uh, down in Tampa. To me, the interesting thing is with these two quarterbacks, with Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, we're looking at a total that's at 41 and a half, Mike. I mean, I don't know if I, I it's probably not a number I want to play with. I mean, how can Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers not combine to go over 41 and a half? But there are just so many injuries for this Tampa offense right now. It's not uh, what we 
expect it to look like late in the year if they can get healthy, and it's not the offense that we've grown accustomed to the last couple of years because of uh, all the injuries. And both defenses have been pretty good, especially Tampa's. The Bucks defense has been outstanding through two weeks. Yeah, I heard a show after the game where they said, you know, after three games, you know, you know Pickett is not ready to go, but it's just the ridiculous of it because he's only been with the Pittsburgh organization three weeks, yet Tom Brady, they said, needs time to get used to new receivers. One of the, the greatest quarterback who ever lived, so I'm not buying that nonsense. I happen to think Tampa Bay, I don't know if it's going to make my best play, I don't think it will, mm. is going to win this game. Now, if I was Tampa Bay, and I believe Green Bay's coming to Tampa Bay, right? Yep, Green Bay's so going we're talking there. about the heat that you were just talking about. Yep. Uh, going there, I'd have the bunting up. I'd have to welcome to the first round of the playoffs. You know, just for a little extra, make Aaron think it's a, a playoff game. But but the nonsense that uh, the two greatest quarterbacks of all time, until they were they were they're saying that now, until you get to the championships, okay? And I think Tom Brady wants this game. I think he's heard some whispers, and I think he'll figure out the way to win this football game. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. This is probably not a game that makes my card for the weekend, Mike, but I, if you, you force me to pick a side, I think I'm probably with you. He's had the better of the matchups, um, and I just think defensively they've been so good. Tampa ranks first in defense and EPA per play, second in total defensive go. DVOA. Yeah, I think um, I, I think the side, if uh, you force me to pick, is probably Tampa, but it, it should well, yeah, be a fun you know one why, to sit Carm? back and watch. Because you, like, like people like New Orleans last week, and I even did. I did too. On the, yeah. on the Friday morning. Yeah. But by Sunday, it was a pleasure to bet Tampa Bay and yeah. to put it in a couple pools that were later on yeah. so I could make the adjustments once I got more information on New Orleans. And, yeah, but you're right. The injuries are a concern. How many more injuries can you have? I mean, Brady's right. still 45. Look, the one injury you don't want is Brady, so I guess that's the cream on the, you know, the cherry on the Sunday. But you can't keep having these injuries and getting away with it. Yeah. We'll see if Justin Herbert's able to play as the Chargers are back home with a little extra time to prepare. They're hosting the Jags. Long cross-country trip for Jacksonville. That's why they're catching seven. And uh, you got to remember here, the Jags, while they're a good story right now, especially after what they did last week, the 24 nothing shutout at home, they're brutal on the road. The Jags have lost 18 straight road games. 18. The last win was against yep. the Raiders when they were still in Oakland in December of 2019. Jayville's lost 22 of their last 25 road games. This all comes down to Herbert's ability to play. Uh, I think he's going to, and that's why that line hasn't moved that much. I think everybody knows he's going to give it a go, and you're looking at the Chargers as about a seven-point uh, favorite against the Jags. I'll tell you what. I hurt my ribs real bad once. I did, They were cracked. Mm-hmm. And then uh, another time, I had some cartilage like he does. And believe me, folks, he's been staying awake at night. Yeah, uh, I'm sure they got painkillers. You know, I didn't have that. I had coffee in the morning. Let's <laughs> just gut it out. You know what I mean? And uh, it, it's a it, it's an uncomfortable situation. I'd probably stay away from this game just because of that. You can you can put protection on him all you want, but he's still got to follow through. He still moves quickly, and sometimes that can aggravate it too. So I'd stay away from this game. Not doubting he won't get the job done at 75 or 80 percent, but he's not fully healthy. Believe me, folks. Not after that injury. Cardinals had an amazing comeback last week. They're at home getting oh, three yeah. and a half. There are nine. Uh, there are nine home dogs this weekend as of right now in the NFL. Four intra-division home dogs. This is one of them. Cardinals plus three and a half against the Rams. The Cards have lost 10 of 11 against the Rams. McVay has totally dominated Kingsbury in this rivalry. Cardinals have just one sack in two games. Their defense has been dreadful, ranking near uh, or at, at the very bottom or near the bottom in a lot of 
defensive metrics. It could be ugly against the Rams offense that looked like it got it uh, going and got Allen Robinson going a little bit more uh, in week two last week. So I'm just still, even though it was an impressive comeback, I think uh, that's more on the Raiders just taking the foot off the gas and they let uh, Kyler play a little backyard football, which he's awfully, awfully good at. But uh, I still have some serious questions about the Arizona Cardinals, and I got some serious questions about them at home this weekend, Mike. He saved Kingsbury's job. I watched the game. I had Arizona. Um, I wish I would have had it on the show. Uh, but I thought it was dead. I, I thought it was dead in the Jet game. Yep. I thought it was yeah. dead, dead in the Dallas game. I mean, they were just that's not going to happen every week. It's not going to happen every week. And the Rams... You know, wake-up call, what have you. But hey, I do know this. I saw the greatest who ever scrambled, ever, Fran Tarkenton. Fran, yeah. And I mean, when I'm talking about the greatest, the, he'd have linemen chasing him for 15 seconds, and they still couldn't catch him, okay? Kyler Murray did that last week. Yeah, was And crazy. if it's a close game, I'm not all, you know, the Rams are a Super Bowl team. I don't believe in the hangover stuff. I think it's an excuse, but the intensity's not quite there like it was maybe last year. Stafford's starting to make some mistakes that he didn't make early on. And if they start having to chase this Murray kid, he was absolutely fantastic in the second half. And I'm not the biggest fan. Yeah, he was. A couple big uh, college games in the Big Ten. Michigan, who has looked uh, pretty awesome, but you got to remember – uh, the level of competition hasn't been that good. They really mm-hmm. go a uh, step up in competition in the big house this weekend as they welcome a uh, pretty pesky and quite explosive Maryland team, but it is a huge number. Michigan laying 17. It's one of those dreaded 11 o'clock kicks, Mike. We'll, I, we'll probably, we'll probably no, no stay way, away, right? But I'll tell you this. The one thing I'll say, while Maryland's got some real potential offensively and some real uh, impressive players, they have been brutal in spots like this under Mike Loxley. Can and I they... tell you something that I want to just be contrite yes. to all our listeners around the world in the communist bloc countries? I just want to say I'm sorry for Georgia Tech. I oh, have never wow. seen a football program in my life it that pitiful. When you think we got it bad here in Chicago with our teams, just take a look at Georgia Tech bad. and their quarterback who transferred for a reason. That's it's all bad. I'm going to say, Carm. It's really bad, absolutely. Oh, and, my uh, God. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not Horrible. good. Uh, in, uh, for Maryland, I'll just tell everybody uh, the, the losses have been just astounding when they step up in class like this against teams uh, of this level uh, or this caliber. Mm-hmm. Ten uh, losses. Uh, they're they're one in ten straight up against the top twenty five since twenty nineteen yeah. under Mike's Lo- uh, Mike Loxley. In those ten yeah. losses, only one of them has been within two scores. So tread lightly there. A good game, I think, in the ACC between Clemson and Wake Forest. Wake Forest is the home dog here, catching a touchdown. But I think they could be in trouble. Their inability to run the ball uh, could mm-hmm. really present problems against maybe the best defense or certainly one of the, the three or four best defenses in the country, probably the best defensive line in the country. I think you got to favor, if anything, you got to lay it or don't play it here, and you got to favor Clemson a little bit, even though they're laying seven on the road at Wake Forest tomorrow. I'll tell you what. Wisconsin's getting 18 and a half at yeah. Ohio State. What do you think of that? What does Randy think about that? I, I don't know. He's probably off somewhere trying to do something. No, some I, I'm but, all – Ohio oh. State's going to – You think they're going to roll them? It's going to be ugly, yeah. yeah. I, you wow. know, they've won, they've won eight straight in the rivalry, 11 to 12. Right. Randy doesn't like hearing that. But I will say no. this. In two of the last three trips into the shoe, the Badgers kept it within one score, Randy. Right. I like the 18 yeah. and a half. Their defense is down. A lot of, a lot of their linebackers are gone and – 
They're not getting a lot of pressure in the quarterback. It's power on power. I mean, Buckeyes rank second in the country in offensive efficiency. Badgers rank 12th in the country you know what uh, sounds in like a defensive draft game? efficiency. What's you that? Want to, want a draft game? Penn yeah. State, 28 against Central Michigan. Yeah. Good call. I mean, you know, Penn State looks really, really good. Yeah. So, you know, maybe a down, you know, maybe like a lay down a little bit. Maybe win by 14, 21. But as soon as you do something like that and they're winning 45 to nothing, you want to find a balcony. The cr- that's right. The craziest thing to see in college football this weekend is Tennessee, the Tennessee-Florida game. Tennessee's laying 10.5. Tennessee's never laying this many points against Florida. Never. But they're the better program right now. Uh, Josh Heupel has got them going in a direction that we haven't seen probably since the end of the Philip Fulmer era. I mean, they won seven games last year. Uh, they're off to a 3-0 and start this year. So it, this is a rivalry that has really, really been dominated by Florida. Everybody, Gators are 16-1 straight up uh, against Tennessee since 2005. But if Tennessee keeps Anthony Richardson in the pocket, they most certainly will win this game and maybe even cover it. And it's just an unfamiliar spot for Tennessee. That's why I won't tell you to necessary, necessarily play it. And I might not play it myself at 10.5 because they just don't lay this kind of number against Florida. I think they are the better side without a I doubt. I do too, and i tell you what. I mean, I go back to the Tennessee days, man. Uh, I, you know, I interviewed Keith Schuler as a rookie, okay? Mm. So um, that's how far back I go. I like the program. I'm glad it's back on its feet. I think yep. it's been sad when it's gone through some stuff. I liked Philip Fillmore. Philip Fillmore is a coach, but I'm with you. I would lean Tennessee. Yeah. Especially I would definitely win Tennessee Richardson. in this yep. game. Florida, big name, but but the points tell you to stay away. Yeah, if you're, either bet Tennessee or stay away. There you go. All right, when we come back, Jim Miller's got some ponies for us, and we'll give you our best plays. Don't go anywhere. Best parts coming up. It's Mike and Carmen. We are the Odds Couple, presented by Prop Swap. This is the Odds Couple with Carmen DeValgo and Mike North on ESPN One Thousand. You're listening to the Odds Couple. ESPN 1000, and now on Digital FM at 100.3 HD2. Entering the home stretch on the Odds Couple, presented by PropSwap. Mike and Carmen with you on the ESPN Chicago app and ESPN 1000. And uh, every week we have the pleasure of talking to one of the great handicappers in the country. I mean, this guy, I, I don't know what, what to say. Uh, he's given six winners out, everybody. Six winning horses in the last two weeks. You don't want to miss the one, the only, Jim Miller. Jim, you win It's almost Boys. too good to be true, Jimmy. You're like, this is where you, you know, you're, you're awesome at this, but it's like, man, six straight winners. Oh, my yeah. God. It's incredible. And there's ebbs and flows, and you guys know that, too. But the, the beautiful thing about it, too, it's not like it's been six favorites. We had a six-to-one shot mixed in there. We've had some $9 horses mixed in there. So it's nice when you can pick and choose your spots. It was nice where we were able to go off-site last week and still get winners. There's some great cards across the country this weekend, but, guys, Thoroughbred Racing opens for the fall meet. I'm overlooking a lush turf course right now here at Hawthorne. This is one of my favorite meets of the year, and we got three months of racing to close things out. Yeah, I mean, you guys will go all the way through uh, what, through December, right, Jimmy? Now this yep. is opening weekend for the, the track conversion has happened, and you guys will go for the next three months every weekend racing at Hawthorne with the Thoroughbreds, right? Yeah, that's right. Every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we're going all the way through December 30th. And then, guys, we had the racing dates here earlier this week. We're going to extend Thoroughbred racing next year. All the way to early September. So we'll be off January, February for live racing, but remain open for training. And then Thoroughbreds are going to be able to stay right here on site at Hawthorne. They're going to race March through September next year. So it's going to mean more horses. It's going to mean bigger fields. It's going to mean 
things are progressing here at Hawthorne, so it's something that's really exciting to see. And again, thoroughbred racing, you really can't beat it over this track with the long stretch. It's just so much fun. Okay, so, you know, there used to be more tracks. We all know that. That's not a secret. I mean, from Arlington to, you name a couple more, Maywood, what have you, Jimmy. And when I hear you saying this is all good because of not only that, the sports book and all the other sports, that you're increasing the racing. How? What do you have to do to get that? Is there a process with the state? Do you have to file paperwork? Uh, is it something that uh, you did when you said, you know, we're going to build the the sports book, so we'll want increased states. How does that go about? Yeah, and it, it really is. It's a coordinated effort with the Illinois Racing Board, with the Illinois Thoroughbred Horsemen's Association and the Harness Horsemen's Association here in Illinois. And when I say we're growing, it's because you look at what our racing schedule is going to be next year, guys, and it's exciting for this reason. We're going to race twilight cards on Wednesdays, and then we're going to race Saturdays and Sundays. And the reason we're doing that schedule is in anticipation of construction commencing on the casino here at Hawthorne before the end of this year, which is what everybody's been waiting for. And with the construction and then the opening of the casino is going to mean more purse money, more opportunities for horses to come here to race, more opportunities for them to race for more purses. And when you have more horses, it means you can add more racing days because you're going to be able to fill those cards. And that's what everybody's been clamoring for here in Illinois. And you're right, Mike. We went from five tracks in upstate Illinois less than 20 years ago down to one. So we're going to do everything we can to keep things going, and the best way we can do it is add purse money and add racing days. Great job yesterday with the uh, the walk, walking with yep. Cap again. The Blast. walk is one. Uh, raising, you guys raised a ton of money. It was just uh, an incredible amount for Bernie's Book Bank. So nicely done, Jimmy. Well, thank you. Yeah, 300000 earned for Bernie's Book Bank. Cap was awesome on the walk there in Utnick. I mean, just overall, we went. I, I had us at about 23 miles, but you think about it, we walked from guaranteed rate to Wrigley, back to guaranteed rate with stops in between. And uh, I'm feeling it a little bit heading into the weekend, guys, but uh, no worse for wear in the end. That's awesome. All right, where are we uh, going to Bets and Ponies this weekend? All right, so we're going to stay away from the home track for one weekend. We're going to go to Parks, and Parks is the old Philadelphia Park, but on Saturday they have graded stakes galore. They have the $1 million Pennsylvania Derby, too, and there's some Derby horses in there. So we're going to look at three races, bet them all across the board. So race 10, bet the nine horse, running son of a gun across the board. This horse is a closer, but six to one. So even if the horse runs second, you're going to make money. Race 11, bet the one green up across the board. Another horse at six to one who had a big effort over the track and they last out. And then race 12 is the Pennsylvania Derby. We're going to bet the one Zandon across the board. This horse is five to one in the morning line. And think about that, guys. This is a horse that... Only was getting beaten by Epicenter in recent races, but this is a race that has Cyberknife, White Abario, Taiba, Tawny Port, Simplification, a bunch of Derby horses. But the one Zandon is a horse. If you're going to get five to one on a horse, this is the time to bet it. Love it. All right. So all three races tomorrow at Parks. Uh, race ten, the nine horse across the board. Race eleven, the one horse across the board. Race twelve, the one horse across the board. Is that right? That's right, boys. Let's keep things rolling into an NFL Sunday. Beautiful. Talk to you next week, Jimmy. Thanks. You got it, guys. Good luck, Jimmy. There's our guy at Hawthorne Gym. Six winners oh. the last two weeks. Hopefully wow. he keeps that going. All right, Mike, what are we uh, identifying as best plays for everybody this weekend? Well, I was as surprised as anybody when I was doing my homework, and I started this morning bright and early. I really start on Thursdays, but I don't start earlier than that. But I was surprised to see that uh, New England's one of my plays mm. against Baltimore. Against, Paul, uh, against the Ravens. Yeah, I'm not a Jim Harb. I mean, uh, 
a John Harbaugh fan, as Carmen knows, last year he went for two twice, lost, <laughs> cost his team games. Uh, they had a real bad loss this uh this past week, I thought. I mean, they should have oh, done yeah. better. Terrible. I mean, he put up a lot of points, but I just happen to think that uh, the line, I thought, I know they're playing in New England. From, or are they playing at New England or Baltimore? They're in New England, yep. Yeah, I thought it would be a little bit even bigger, but uh, I read New England, so that's my first pick. I got one more. Uh, sounds good. I mean, Bill Belichick, 10-4 and four against the number as a home underdog since 2001. Yes, I know a lot of that is with the GOAT. But still, in this spot without Tom Brady, 3-2 and two the yeah. last two seasons without Tom. Terrific. So I like it, uh, the angle there with Belichick getting and some Jones points at home. And Jones is for a game. He hasn't been all that good. And we saw that Baltimore gives up points, period. Look, I mean, Dolphins racked up 550 yards of offense. Right. The Jets had nearly 400 yards of offense against this Baltimore No doubt defense. about it, right. and I think it's a good spot for New England. I'm going to go ahead and a, it, it just reiterate a game that we talked about a little bit earlier, and Mike and I both like this side, but I'm going to go ahead and lock in the Dolphins getting the five and a half at home. I like these intradivision home dogs. Short week for the Bills traveling down there. It's going to be super hot and sticky. I know Josh Allen has dominated this rivalry. He's 7-1 and one against the Dolphins with a quarterback rating of 106.8. It's been really impressive, but I just think this Dolphins team, especially after last week's playing with a lot of confidence right now, even if Josh Allen makes it 8-1, and one, hey, if they win by a field goal, so be it. The Dolphins cover. I like them getting the 5.5. I think some of the injuries in the secondary to the Buffalo Bills could be significant when you have to go in and think about Tua throwing the ball to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell and uh, Cedric Wilson and Gusecki and just all the weapons they have down there in Miami. So I'm going to lock in Miami as a best play plus 5.5, Mike. Yeah, and that's a that's a, a real nice one. But hey, you know what? The NFL. Believe me, I I I the circuit contest I'm in. Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm five and five and two and zero oh with best pick, and the best picks were Seattle and the Jets. Okay, mm. so nobody knows what's going to happen. Wow. All right, but uh, that's a solid pick. I, I'll give you one that I think uh, people hopefully uh, don't get ambushed by. Uh, but uh, my read right now. And I'm a big Jimmy G guy. Mm-hmm. Is Denver? Wow, okay. uh, plus one and a half. I I think the line is against yes. the San Francisco 49ers. I I can't stand the coach. I know he can't manage a clock. Been terrible. He, he got the job because of his dad and because of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, got got entry into the league. Uh, so, but that's how it came out. So I got Denver. That's my Denver my plus second one and a half. All right, yeah. and then I'm going to. Yeah, it's crazy. I know. Yeah, I'm a little surprised at that one. I'm gonna go against Jimmy. Uh, I'll give out one I, more I two. Saw Randy, that's not right. He's rolling his eyes. That's wrong. <laughs> Come on. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and give out the Falcons. Uh, listen, let's just make this a money line play. This spread uh, has gone down to. Uh, it's about the Falcons getting a point. This might even go off as the Falcons being the favorite. Who knows? But Atlanta right now, if you lock it in now, folks, you can get Atlanta even money on the money line. Let's just say Atlanta on the money line. Um, you know, they're 0-2. I get it. They, they really know how to lose close games, this team. But I am just not impressed with the Seahawks, not one bit. After that first half, they've been beyond dreadful offensively. Their last six quarters of offensive football have been terrible. The Falcons stayed out west, so it's not like they had to crisscross the country twice. They played in L.A. last week, and they lost. They stayed out there. They went to Seattle. Um, I just think they're the better team right now, and I think they can do more offensively. So I'm going to say Atlanta money line for Sunday afternoon. Beautiful. Any more, my friend? I think that's good. Well, then you know. I mean, whether he's traveling near or far, 
I mean, he's the doctor you need if you're not feeling well. What about Randy? All right, boys, I've got three this week. Ooh, oh, wow. Let's go Randy. Baylor money line against Iowa State. Baylor money line, okay. Marshall minus three and a half against Troy after that brutal loss to App State last week. Yeah, that and, was brutal. They've got to be deflated. That's a good call, Murphy. And I've that got, was horrible. I've got the Rams minus three and a half against the Cardinals. The Cardinals were a good road team last year, but terrible at home. Terrible. And I think the Rams are going to finally put it together, a full game together. And, Merck, and beat I got to say, I like all those plays. Nicely done, buddy. Thanks, buddy. I think those are all solid. Uh, thank you to Randy Merkin, of course. Uh, the commander. As, the commander, as always. And a great job by Luke Pergandy and Jim Miller. We always love talking to those guys. Want everybody to have a, a great weekend. Enjoy all the, the football. It's going to be beautiful weather. So enjoy it. And uh, happy wagering to everybody. And we'll talk to everyone again next week, Mikey. So long, everybody. This is The Odds Couple on ESPN 1000.